0: out, there was no blood, there was no dusting, Mm. all that hour of conversation we had on Baseball Central yesterday, Kevin Barker, 25 minutes, ahead of uh, the Jays 4-2 win over the Rays, about Kevin Kiermaier, Cardgate, Cardgate. (laughs) It it, it yeah. turned
1: out that
0: the Jays were just interested in winning Absolutely a
1: ball not. game. Not Alec Manoa couldn't find strikes on that. That had a lot to do with it. Well, that 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 was more important him him being able to throw strikes. You did walk five guys in two innings.
0: I, I seriously are you? First of all, and, and we'll deal. do We got we got we got a lot to get to. It's walk off Wednesday. We're doing the post game show. So we're going to do the walk-off Wednesday bit on the post-game show because we've only got an hour pregame. Nice. Jason Stark's going to join us. But you can still text in now at 590-590. And uh, we'll get to the text line during this hour after the show. You can call us up at 416-870-0590, star 591 1st pitch is just a little more than an hour away. Where was I, Kevin Barker? Oh, yeah. Before we move on, were you surprised that there was no – reaction from the Blue Jays to the the card thing we know that Kevin Kevin Cash basically came out and said yeah I'm sorry I'm kind of embarrassed and then today Kevin Kiermeyer said I can't believe people made a big deal about it so I'm not talking about it anymore of course this was Kevin Kiermeyer who did a two-minute tv hit where he made a big deal out of it he did anyhow it's all moved on were you surprised that it moved on the way it did
1: not, not really. I think these games are very important. Well, you Maybe were the one. That, oh, hey, yesterday, you were saying, dust I dust him. him. Dust, I dust Justin. him. Oh, I well, dust you know, him. Look, look I, I was, was it, the one that it, was,
0: it, as a man of peace, right, right? Right. I was the one saying, no, let's just move on because I am a man of peace.
1: Yeah, Alec Manoa had like, what, 43 pitches through two innings? <laughs> He'd walked five guys already. You know, dusting somebody was probably not the, at the top d- of his list. If he did dust somebody, who the hell would. Who the hell would know
0: if it was intentional or not? You Maybe know, that's part but, of the But deal. I didn't
1: really pay attention to every single one of Kevin Kiermaier's at-bats. So, <laughs> you know what? The second inning, uh, when he, his first at-bat, uh, Alec Manoa walked the leadoff hitter. Yeah, you're and not. Then, and then you ain't doing it because Then Kiermaier hit into a double play. Uh, he was leading off the fourth inning. Not he doing punched him out in three pitches. You ain't doing that because what's Kevin Kiermaier's strength? His speed. His speed. Yeah, so you don't want to let him on base. Uh, in the sixth inning, it was one out. Uh, he he struck him out on a slider, so you really don't want to do it with one out because you have got a one run lead. You know, basically, you don't, don't you know rock did? the boat. They made Kevin Kiermaier's
0: day at the plate miserable.
1: Yeah, until the eighth inning, and they walked him. Yep. But you know, it's <laughs> uh, look, it's we, we had some fun about the dusting, and well, you it, had fun. I was I, concerned uh, because <laughs> you you were you were on the phone <laughs> saying, "I hope everybody in Tampa will be okay
0: after this game." Well, I just don't like seeing my boys get hurt. You know, I, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about that.
1: Yeah, big picture, big picture. though, being serious, you know. It was more about Alec Manoa trying to figure out mechanics, and you know, for, for me, it, it, it turned a little bit that that Joey Wendell at bat, where he, he threw the the three pitch at bat, he threw the two change ups mm. to get Wendell out. That sort of got him a little bit more with a better finish. You could tell he was he was spinning off it a little bit. That that glove hand was pulling a little bit uh, quicker towards the first base side than he normally does, and. and for me, anyway, the, that at bat, the two change ups sort of got him in line and, and mm-hmm. had, gave him a little bit better finish to where he could get to where, you know, the six innings and give him a chance to win. And this is why we love Alec Manoa.
0: By the way, Kevin Barker, John Heyman reported that Kevin Cash did return the scouting card to Charlie Montoya after taking 100 pictures, or something like that. <laughs> like the, again, you know, the secret agent with That's that true. little thing where you ch- ch-
1: ch- 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 until the light was on in your room. You think he did it because Charlie told him to do it, or he was catching a lot of heat from the national media? Oh, I don't think I don't think he gives a rat's ass. about it. I think he does. This, or why, why would he um, do that? This he didn't is a care? guy.
0: This is a guy who's used to catching heat from the national media for taking Blake Snell out of a World Series. I don't think that. I think he did it because you know he said, "What the hell? Uh, I'm a nice guy." You know the Rays. They're they're, they're a class organization. He yeah, said, yeah. "Here, Charles. Here's your card back. We'll take it. Here's, here's your card back. Here we, we've only got. I mean, the, you we'll, know, as well. we'll
1: Photoshop this sucker over and over well,
0: and over again, and then we'll hand it back to you." Here's, here's the thing, no, Bart, hours later. Here's the thing that we don't know. Now, there are people saying, well, that card is important because it's got Robbie Ray's – that got the info on it. Robbie Ray wasn't in the game when he was wearing it. Taylor was in the game when he's wearing it. Yeah, yeah. If you're that concerned about the Rays having access to Taylor Saucedo stuff, then you really have a you, – you've got way too much spare time. I'm wondering if maybe the stuff that wasn't really worrisome in that was – some of the sequencing the Jays use when there's a runner in second. Because we saw, right, we saw Pete Walker and Charlie Montoyo yelling at Alejandro Kirk to go out and talk to Alec yeah. Manoa with the runner in second. And I'm wondering if maybe that's why, Scott, look, Robbie Ray is going to throw a slider and a fastball to Joey Wendell. Yeah? I'm wondering if maybe the information that was more on there that they were more concerned about was their well, sequencing with runners in second.
1: Uh, well, yeah. What sign, well, what, what sign? What pitch after what number, you know, it's, it's every time you see, you see a, a pitcher, look at, at his hat with a runner on second base. And then he'll give the, he'll hold up a fi- one finger or, a or two or a two or a three yep. or a four or whatever it is. That's what the card's telling them. And then, yeah, it's a big deal to them or Pete wouldn't be yelling and screaming. You ever seen Pete Walker yell and scream at anybody? I haven't. And that, that's the first time that he was very vocal about, okay, after the slider, get your run ass out, out there. there and yeah. tell him, yeah. you know, this is what you're going to throw next pitch. If it doesn't work, yeah. this will what we'll back it up with. So, you know, it's a big deal of the Blue Jays. They won the game. That's all that matters now. It's an ugly game. But who cares? You know, all right, this time of the year, it's all about winning. All right. Uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll deal with uh,
0: Alec Manoa in a minute. The Jays lineup is Springer leading off. He's DHing. Both of us expect to see George Springer playing in the field in Minnesota this yep. weekend. Uh, Marcus Semyon's at second base. Vladdy Jr.'s at first. Bo Bichette's at short. Teoscar Hernandez is in right field. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left. Jake Lamb at third. Reese McGuire behind the plate. Jared Dyson in center field. For the Rays, it's Brandon Lau, Randy Arozarena, G-Man Choi, Andy Diaz, Austin Meadows, Manuel Margo, Kevin Kiermaier, Francisco Mejia, Taylor Walls, uh, Luis Patino will start for the Rays. Julian Merriweather is the opener for the Blue Jays. Nelson Cruz is out of the Rays lineup for a second straight day. Kevin Cash saying it's just simply uh, that he's under the weather. Oh. Um, and for the Blue Jays, Bravik Valera has been placed on the COVID IL. Uh, he was a close contact with a family member who contracted COVID-19. Welcome to Florida. Uh, so far, Valera's tested pot negative. And, and if he continues to test negative, he will be allowed to be put back on the roster. There's some indication. I, I don't know if the Jays have done it yet. There were some rumblings that Thomas Hatch may be available today. I Again, I don't know about that. So anyhow, that's all the news out of the way. And again, first pitch, it's 310. we Will be on, Kevin and myself, till 7 o'clock immediately following the game with Blue Jays talk. Of course, you can call us up. You can text us then, and uh, we will treat that as walk-off Wednesday. Alec Manoa. First of all, Kevin Barker. How the hell did Alec Manoa stay in that game as long as he did?
1: Uh, That's great. Well, you know, I I mentioned the bat that I thought sort of got him back in in line and, and helped him have a little bit better finish I I really do think maybe six
0: six walks, seven strikeouts, by the way, it
1: was, but you know, he, he had five of those, I think up until the third inning and he only had one after the third inning. So three of those innings, he only had one. He, he, he got it back in line. You know, the, the fastball, he was, it was a little bit more gripping it and ripping it. It wasn't, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try and locate this outer third, elevate it. No, it was, I really don't have that today. I, I think I got enough deception Uh, I got enough late life to my heater that if I just aim big, hopefully because of the two things that I just mentioned, that'll take over and I can at least give my team a chance to win, which is exactly what he did. Mark Shapiro was on, on our show. I don't know how long ago, but it's been a while. And I asked him about Alec Manoa and he said, Hmm. you know, the, the, just the demeanor on the mound and it's me against you matters. Well. That's what we saw yesterday. You, you, you know, you learn a lot about a guy on the mound when he doesn't have his good stuff. It's easy to roll out there, like his last start when he had that slider. Just, oh, yeah. It was dominant. He did like, not have a broke, slider yesterday at all. It, none of it. And it was, you know, he had to work through it. It was moving a little bit on the rubber. It was, mm-hmm. it was just a little bit more walking around, a little bit more talking to himself. It was, it was one of those grind it through games, and and you know, he he's and that's that's how you establish yourself as an everyday. F- Fifth-day starter kind of thing. And and I was also going to
0: give him credit for this, too. And I'm not going to get into the whole umpires and strike zone thing. But, you know, Joe West behind home plate. Yeah, he's not great. And Joe West look, – I'm not saying Joe West. Yeah, Joe West can intimidate young players. Put it this way. Young players are aware when Joe West is behind the plate. Not to state the obvious, but Joe is hard to miss. Joe is hard to miss, but he's also – he tends to put himself in the game you're right he didn't have his he didn't have a slider at all yesterday but in a lot of ways i watched that game thinking you know it's one thing to not have your best stuff against baltimore and kind of stumble through now admittedly you know the rays didn't have you you didn't have a rosarine in the lineup you didn't have cruz in the lineup that um i thought it did i thought you know kevin cash may have helped alec manoa out a little bit there i understand the whole lefty righty thing but i was watching that last night and i I mean, that's that's the type of pitching you need in the AL East because you're going to have – I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they're going to be two or three times a year at least where Alec Manoa is going to be in, facing somebody in the East and he's not going to have a slider and he's going to have to bulldog his way through. I was, just, I was really impressed with that. And I'll tell you what, going into today, you needed a little bit of length out of your starter. You could not afford to have your starter spit out the bit in the fourth inning. Yeah. You could not.
1: Yeah, sure. And, and Alec Manoa, the last couple of Zoom calls that he has – he he's t- really put emphasis on reading bats, and a little yes, bit he, we saw right. we saw a little bit of that yesterday too with with the fastball. Now, obviously, I, a lot of that had to do with he just didn't have the field of the slider, and you could tell that. So he was going more to the changeup and the four seamer and the sinker. But you could tell when a guy was late on a heater, he wasn't flipping a slider or even trying to do that. He was coming right back with with the fastball, and he's the one looked to me like was calling the game. He he was shaking off Kirk and and mm-hmm. you know she's doing things that that. You know, in spots that he needed outs that he could read bats enough that said, you know, this is my best pitch today. This is what you're going to get. And that's, that's graduation time for him. It's one of those games. They needed it. They needed not the three and a third. You know, he sucked it up. He did exactly what he needed to do to give that team a chance to win. And ultimately, they won the game, which is this time of the year when you're in playoff hunt, all that matters. I'll tell you another thing, too. This play
0: doesn't get didn't get talked about a lot after the game. But We talked about Alejandro Kirk. Throwing out Austin Meadows to end that inning, which was what the th- the third inning, throwing out Austin Meadows to end that inning. It's almost like you got a different Alec Manoa the next the next few innings out of that.
1: Yeah, I give Bo credit too. He he had a nice pick a there. Nice soft pick. hands. <laughs> that that's not the easiest thing to do. I played first. It's it's very hard to attack the baseball and be quick enough with your hands to attack it or let the ball travel and just drop your glove on the ball. You got to trust your hands. You got to have soft mm-hmm. hands and. Bo did a really nice job of doing that. And the base running. The base running for the Blue Jays. We mentioned this before we came on the air. It's been really good it this year. It has been really good. The Marcus Simeon going first to third. Vladdy following, going home to second on a little, you know, sort of a bloop blind drive to left field. It's just a little thing. I wanted to ask you about this because,
0: like the rest of us, Marcus has seen Vladdy hit. Yep. Vladdy doesn't usually bloop balls. Nope. And I'm going to get I, – I, and I give Marcus a lot of credit for being able to read that, for being able – because I wasn't – you know as well as I do. He's not expecting that with, with ba- Vladdy uh, at the base, plate.
1: Baseball 101, the first thing you do every time before a pitch is thrown, you look at the outfield to see where they're playing. Looks to me like Tampa bunches the, the gaps against Vladdy. So if you see a ball that's a little bit bloop away from that left fielder, gives you a little bit of chance to take that extra base. It's, it's thinking the play through before it actually happens. Marcus Simeon. Like what, what more can we say about his year, the year he's having it's the little things to give him a chance to win on the road against a tough team like the Rays. That's right. up
0: that and you got this you know, you set up the sacrifice fly there. There was just there were a lot of there were Bo had a nice at bat later on in the yeah, game two, as well. Two,
1: two strike fly a sack fly, which is a big deal. He yeah. takes the giant swing. You could tell he wasn't seeing the ball really well. He was fighting something between the ears, not seeing the ball out of the hand. You do just enough to let the ball travel to to have a, uh, a productive at-bat. Yeah, these two kids,
0: Vladdy and Bo, have a hard time hitting. So far, it's early in their career, but the Trop's not their favorite place to hit. And you've talked about this, and I just want to – and it came up on the broadcast last night. You've made this point. And it, anybody's been to a game at the Trop, I'm sure a lot of you have, gone, have, have, have been down to spring training or have been down during the year and maybe gone to game there. I've yeah. covered games there. It is dark. Uh, it is a – Yeah. It is uh, – Olympic Stadium was dingy, but the roof was that kind of yellowish, orangey thing, so it wasn't dark. Uh, I'm thinking the Metrodome it was just it was more odd lighting than anything else. but Tampa's dark. it, it, is. it, 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 is,
1: it is dark. and on, on top of it, they got really good pitching, who throws hard, who are right-handed, who have really good game plans against two really good hitters. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so again, 590, 590 is a text line. Jason Stark is going to join us in a few minutes. He, uh, uh, and Doug Glanville sat down or sat down, talked to Charlie Montoyo uh, on the, uh, the athletic baseball yeah. podcast and, uh, Jason, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun interview and, uh, Jason will touch base uh, but, but with us.
1: Before we move on, I yes, also sir. want to, I want to bring up three more little points. Go ahead. Braving Valera had a two strike ground out RBI. Doesn't sound like a lot Yep. on the road. Little things help you win games. Uh, Lord had the two, two, one homer that he hit the, 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 the mm-hmm. fastball on the black. He's eliminated the, the toe tap. It gives him a chance to be competitive. Every single at bat, every single pitch, which is more important. And Teoscar Oscar out Meadows, at third base, trying to go first to third. That's a big deal too. You get to the ball quick. He's got a a nice little rhythm and flow to the base that he wants to throw it to baseball iq's caught up to the talent now all of a sudden Taos yeah, is a, he's, a superstar It's again i I will just we always talk about the Rays doing the little things to beat good teams in the American League east well, they what didn't do, you do see it the last Blue night Kays do yeah and, and the Blue Rays Kays are doing a lot
0: of that. the Rays did not do a lot of those things last night if you if you're Kevin Cash, you're probably yeah your team's in first place, you're going to clinch this week, but
1: you' probably. Look at that game, and you'd be a little, you'd be a little unhappy. Yeah, I bet if you're Kevin blocks? Cash and you really backed him in a corner and said, "Do you really want to play the Blue Jays in the playoffs?" I'm not sure I really want to do that. No,
0: and uh, you know, keep in mind that the Rays do the Rays do play the Yankees in the final series of the year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh. I
0: think, um, anyhow. Uh, Alec Manoa against the Rays this year is 1.46. Even with yesterday's, uh, yesterday's game, uh, 36 strikeouts, 10 walks, a 0.89 whip. want to talk, you mentioned Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He's got 29 ribbies in September. Uh, the record for RBI in a month is 30. That was set by Kelly Gruber in 1990. Don't talk about Jordan Romano a little bit. He's converted 20 consecutive save opportunities, but, uh, yeah, that was not, that was not a, a breezy ninth inning. Shall we say by Jordan Romano? Lost
1: some velocity for me, used too many sliders. Why, why are you overthinking it? And for, some, for whatever reason, I, I really do think the, the overusage of the slider sort of lost the feel of the velocity on the fastball. Those two, for me, go hand in hand. And what's taking him to the next level is trusting the heater. You got a good one, use it. He used it to the first two batters, and then all of a sudden he starts going away from it. Nah, why, why you do that? And it got him in a little bit of a trouble, but all that matters. Is he got it done? He made the pitch when he had when he had to make it. They won the game. You move on. These games in the American League East this time of the year when you're fighting are ugly sometimes. But you need to win the ugly games. Heard Marcus Simeon say that. Hazel May asked him a question. What, what she? I think she sort of worded it like, uh, what, "How do you want to see this team going forward?" And he mentioned win some ugly games, win mm-hmm. the games you're supposed to win. But there's a certain kind of games you 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 have to win down the stretch and. It was ugly, but they won it. That's all that matters. Jason Stark of The Athletic
0: had an interview along with his friend, his co-conspirator Doug Glanville with Charlie Montoya. It was a lot of fun on The Athletic Baseball podcast. Charlie Montoya claimed he doesn't look at the standings. I believe that. I do too. Keep in mind that this is a man who for a large part of this year had Raphael Dolis and Tyler Chatwood. And he, he, had a, he had other things to worry about than the freaking standings. He really did. Jason Stark joins us next. You're listening to Baseball Central Powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Reminder that today is McHappy Day. This year, every purchase across the full McDonald's menu supports families with sick children and local children's charities. On a happy day a portion of the proceeds from every menu item sold all day long goes to Ronald McDonald House Canada and other children's charities across Canada to raise money for children in need. Can't get to a McDonald's restaurant? You can still donate to RMHC by visiting rmhc.ca Jason Stark and his podcast co-conspirator Doug Glanville had a chance to virtually sit down with Charlie Montoyo, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, for their athletic podcast. And uh, in, in which, among other things, we find that Charlie allegedly didn't look at the standings and did no idea when his team wasn't in the playoffs. As I said, I'm going to bring Jason Stark into the conversation. Jason, I, I, I wasn't completely surprised because I told Barker, this is a man who had Rafael Dolis and Tyler Chatwood in his bullpen. He had, a lot, <laughs> he had a lot to worry about. On a daily basis, he had a
2: lot to worry about. You know what I'm saying? Hi Kevin, good to talk to you guys. Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) This is an interesting question. Was he telling us the truth when he said he didn't know where his team was in the standings? Um, I, you know, I, when I was trying to get people on Twitter interested in this podcast (laughs) yesterday, I mentioned that, and the reaction was incredible. I mean, people were sure he was lying. They were sure I was a dope for believing him. Like, if you listen to the exchange, I think there's a tone of incredulity. (laughs) Who doesn't? Who's managing in September and doesn't know their team is a playoff team?
0: Uh, Hey, what did you – it was a great interview. Uh, No surprise with with, with you and Doug. Uh, It was a terrific interview. But um, what did you – did you come away from it other than kind of wondering whether or not Charlie looking at the standings, did you come away knowing anything uh, different about Charlie or did you learn something that surprised you? Cause I don't think a lot of people necessarily know Charlie Montoya.
2: Yeah. And like that would really include me to be honest with you, Jeff. I, I've had a lot of really enjoyable exchanges with Charlie over the years, just talking about his team, talking about baseball I never really dug in on Charlie and his incredible story, and that was so much fun to hear about. Um, you know, He's a guy who played 10 seasons in the minor leagues, and it looked like he was never going to play in the big leagues. And then all of a sudden, he gets called up. He's 27 years old. He's in Ottawa. He's got to drive to Montreal uh, to get to the game that night, And he didn't have much time to do it. He gets lost. He shows up 10 minutes before the game and winds up driving in the winning run. (laughs) And and it turned out to be the highlight of his career. He was there a month, and he only got to the plate, I think, three other times. But um, just to hear him tell that story and and just recount his journey – I thought was really cool uh, because I'd never heard him really tell it the way he did in that podcast.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's you know, people we've all run into baseball lifers. Um, but Charlie, in addition to being a baseball lifer, has, it's almost like he's, yeah I, I don't even know what the hell the name of the movie is, but it, it's like he was a teammate of or he's come in contact with just about anybody of significance in the game. You know, it's remarkable. I was on I was on his team, or I played with him in winter ball. Well, that's like Barker. I, Barker I, played, played, I played
1: against him in a minor league. Yeah, but, a well, There time. you go.
0: But it is true. It's like it, it's almost like there's a six degrees of Charlie Montoya thing going on, yeah. or something like yeah. that.
2: He's got a little far Gump thing going on. I think I think that's true. Like right, he's managing Vladdy Junior. Oh, he was also signed and sent to Double A by the Expos once upon a time, to mentor Vladdy Sr. got to tell you In a course. very
0: quick story. My first interview with Vladdy Jr., when he was at Harrisburg, Charlie was the interpreter. The first time I right. met him, we went out for lunch, and Charlie was, was yeah, Charlie was his interpreter with for Vladdy Sr. It was bizarre.
2: That's about right. <laughs> um, and, he, you know, I think because of that, Jeff, um, he's the perfect manager for a group like this, because... He, he, you know, he can relate to anybody. He can connect with anybody. His people skills and his positivity are perfect, I think, for the group. But mm-hmm. he also he directly connects to all the fathers of all these guys <laughs> playing for him now. I, it's almost impossible to find somebody who gives you all that, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Kevin.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, there, there's you know. I'll, Love that people think uh, about your conversations about who you got in the, in the American League Wild Card and the National League Wild Card. What teams you like?
2: Okay, uh, American League Wild Card. I think it's going to be the Jays and the Red Sox. I don't know where the game's going to be played, but um, you know the Yankees have one more of these Cupcake games with the Rangers left, and then they've got to go through Boston, Toronto and and the Rays, and people think, well, the Rays aren't going to care anymore. They're going to be in. Well, uh, the Rays have had so many uh, October battles with the Yankees. You really think they want to have another one? I think they like like to see the Yankees go home. And so I, I think the schedule and all these weird games that the Yankees lose because of defense or Bullpen or swinging and missing, it's going to catch up with them at some point. Uh, You know, Gary Cole can't pitch more than two of those games. That's a problem for them. All right, so that's the AL wild card, NL wild card. It is clearly the Cardinals to lose now, which is amazing considering considering three weeks ago they were. Eight and a half games out of the second wild card, and now they're in total control of that race because everybody else goes backwards. Um, you know, I, if you do the math on what the other teams would have to do, it's not going to happen. I uh, just in Philadelphia last night, and you know that's a team that's trying to hang on. The Fangraphs is projecting the second wild card in the National League to be worth 86 wins. So do the math; that means you can lose 76. The Phillies have already lost, what is it, 74. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to go 9-2. and two. The Reds aren't going to go 9-2 and two or 10-1. and one. The Padres certainly aren't going to do that with their schedule. The Cardinals, somehow or other, are going to be in that wild card game.
1: Okay, before I let Jeff jump in here, uh, National League MVP, you think it's Bryce Harper now?
2: I think it's Bryce Harper's to lose, for sure. Uh, you know, I, like I never like to say this is it and forget about it with <laughs> two weeks left in the season. But beyond the fact that Bryce Harper's had an incredible second half right? in the last two months with his, you know, his 1,250 OPS and his 500 on base and all the extra base hits, uh, you know he, he's put himself in position. But then you look around at what's happened to Fernando Tatis and the Padres. I keep thinking back to what happened in the dugout with the Padres the other day and the optics of that, um, you know, I, I know that we're all going to make too much of this, but I just want you to think about the optics of Manny Machado telling his teammate, possible MVP, it's not about you. And the whole world sees it and hears it. And you know who else did? Every voter. I think that really hurts the piece.
0: Uh, I'll just—I want to ask you about the pitch clock because it's—it's it, it's something that fascinates me, something I—I I detest. But after reading your piece, I've—I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that one, it's probably not as bad as I thought it was, uh, you know. And I'm sure the injury, you know, the sports science people will weigh in. But two, even if I don't like it, it's—it's it, going to happen here. I did just wanted to ask you very quickly though—is there? I'm not going to ask you, Vladdy or Shohei. I'm just going to say this: Is there any way Vladdy wins this?
2: There's always a way. I mean, I think narrative matters. Vladdy has some huge finish to lead the Blue Jays into the postseason. That that will weigh on voters. But just re- really quickly, I, I, you know, I just don't I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like they, they were talking about two guys with almost identical home run slugging OPSs. And oh, by the way, the other guy is the best pitcher on his team, <laughs> and mm-hmm. one of the best pitchers in the sport. He's got a better um, he's got, I'm trying to think about this. He's got more wins above replacement just as a pitcher than Adam Wainwright. Yes. And that's his hobby.
0: Yeah. That's,
2: so, that's a good just, point. It's just a hard thing for invited to combat.
0: Uh, I read your piece about the pitch clock and, um, I, well, I'm going to ask you, were you initially a skeptic about this
2: idea? Um, 15 second pitch clock. I thought this is way too fast. Right. Uh, I'm I'm a pitch clock guy. I actually like clocks. I don't think clocks are the enemy. I think fans like clocks. You know why they like them? Because when that clock gets down to zero, they know something's going to happen. If you're trying to put out a sport as an entertainment product, there's a lot to be said for that. But what really sold me on this was two things. One, the, the incredible impact it's had on that league. This is the former California league. Now it's the low-class A West League. And since they went to the clock, 15-second pitch clock, 17 with men on base, the average time of game is down 21 minutes average. And that would be enough to get your attention. But run scoring is up. There are more homers. There's more action. There are fewer strikeouts. There are fewer walks. There are fewer hit batters. So all of that makes you say, wow. Then I watched a game, mm-hmm. and it was over in two hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> and I actually, if, if you look at the piece, I, I know you've seen mm-hmm. this, Jeff, but there's side-by-side videos of two very similar first innings. Yeah. One is a Blue Jays game, Jays-Orioles a week or so ago, and a game in this in this low-A West League. Uh, They're almost the exact same inning, same amount of runs, same amount of pitches thrown. And the big league inning takes five and a half minutes longer because you see a shot of George Springer swinging at a pitch then he walks from the right side of the batter's box all the way through the other side of the batter's box, goes around the umpire and the catcher. Now he's back in. This goes on all the time in the major leagues. But in that league, pitch is thrown, catcher throws it back, another pitch is thrown. (laughs) and. You know, I I understand that the stakes in the big leagues are different, but baseball in the big leagues, these games need better rhythm, and they need more world-class athletes showing how athletic they are by running around the bases. And I think this has a chance to solve everything, which is better than imposing twenty rules.
0: Yeah. No. Listen. If uh, and and that was that was my you know my takeaway was well. If you can do this and accomplish so much of what most of us would like to see in the game, I'd rather just do one thing that does that than, than impose 15 things. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I've, I've roamed around minor leagues, the Atlantic league to, to look at some of these other innovations. I've seen 61 feet, six inches. I've seen the double hook. I've looked a lot into the, uh, the, the anti-shift stuff and, None of that is having the impact that the clock has in many ways, in well, yeah, many ways.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you've got a clock, you know, if you're going to shift, you better get your ass in gear. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to shift with the clock, you you, you, you better get your ass in gear. Oh,
2: well, that, that'll still happen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's
0: true. They'll figure it out. The Rays it's have a already figured happen. out. You know as well as I do, the Rays have already got this figured out anyhow. Uh, they, I mean, they, they're, ahead of, they're ahead of everybody in this. Jason, thanks for doing this, thanks man. Thanks a lot. Lots hey, it, guys. Thanks. Be well. That is Jason Stark of the Athletic. Uh the piece on the uh on the on the game clock is is terrific. And uh read it and I admit I I was a skeptic about it, but it's hard to argue and there is a side by side there's a side by side footage of two different games. Jason's right. Like I'm watching the game from the low A and I'm going, "Jesus." Like and because
1: it's Faster, more stuff is happening. Yeah, I guess for for me, it's more about the the health of the players and, and playoff time. Can, can you ask a an opposing pitcher, a hitter, when everything's the brightest to hurry up and sort but, of get it but over this with? Is, that's, this, that's a lot to ask.
0: But this is the thing. If you, I, I agree with you on that. But if you get used to it in the regular season, I just, I, I think it's something that has. I think it's something that has to be. I just think it has to come. You know, I, I again I for me, I don't care if a baseball game takes two hours and thirty-seven minutes, three hours and thirty-seven minutes. I'm watching it, doesn't matter to me. But I fully understand, and, and it's not just about getting younger viewers. I fully understand that if you can compress action, people will watch it longer. There will be more eyeballs consistently on the product. Uh I, I'm with you. My concern is. I would need to see data about pitching injuries. that That's my big concern about all this. The other stuff, I, I'm not worried about. But do I want Alec Manoa feeling as if he has to rush when he's just not quite comfortably at the throw fastball? I don't know. Um, but it's... It's, a, its
1: You'd have to see it when the lights are the brightest. Yeah, and it's, it's, in the it's,
0: it's time has come. It'll be here. There's no doubt about it. Whether it's this CBA mm-hmm. or whether it's there's some sort of protocol put in place to gradually bring it in. Uh, in spring training, then take a step back, and then put it in, and maybe the next regular season, it's uh, it, it's 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 time is here. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Five ninety five ninety is the text line. We will get to it. First pitch is three ten from the Trop. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, as we said, 590-590 is the text line. Barker and I are watching them set up the field field here. And
1: uh,
0: it's just a still camera shot of home plate. Barker, I think the batter's box crooked. So do I. It sure does look crooked. I think the batter's box, anyhow. And they're putting a whole bunch of that turfus, non, turf, turfus nonsense down in the front of home plate. Anyhow. Yeah, don't worry about it. The game's at three that three ten. Watch the game and enjoy it. But if you see that camera shot, let us know if you think we're right. Cause it's way too early in the day for me to have been drinking. So uh well. Actually it's, but anyhow, no, yeah, I, that's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> Barker is uh Barker's with me. It looks like uh It does look crooked. It looks, it looks like a crooked First time line. Ever, I agree with you. Looks like a crooked line. Well, that'll help help out the home plate umpires for sure. Uh, again, the Jays lineup. Uh, Jared Dyson is in center field today. Bravick Valera has been placed on the COVID IL. Now, that could be just a, a matter of a couple of days. He he is vaxxed. He tested negative for COVID-19, but it's uh, it's part of the COVID, COVID tracing protocol. Kevin Smith has been recalled from AAA and uh, will be active for today's game. Uh, so that's a little bit of lineup news. As far as we know right now, Julian Merry, well, Julian Merriweather will be the opener. Ross Stripling's expected to pitch the uh, go wrong. Pitch the bulk innings. And Luis Patino on the mound for the Rays. I mean, I, look, do you think two days ago we saw Merriweather, Pearson, and uh, Brucky? Do you think that was like an addition for the opener? Not for Brucky. No, but for the other two? Like if Pearson had been lights out, do you think Charlie goes with him? Just wondering. I, I don't know. Just...
1: I, I think Pearson, if he was lights out, he'd be pitching more in the seventh inning yeah, than the first inning. All
0: right. All right. So there you go. First pitches at uh, 310. A reminder, we will be on immediately following the game till 7 o'clock with Blue Jays talk. It'll be Barker and myself. It will be walk-off Wednesday. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 590, one 888 is the text line. We will be monitoring it. Um, Frank in Toronto wants to know that NBA has a shot clock. Players are used to it. Why can't baseball players get used yeah, to it? Yeah, I guess. It? Very simple reason, though. No, it, there, there's a simple reason. Baseball is the one sport where the defense has possession of the ball. The first act of a baseball game is me as the pitcher trying to limit you from doing any damage. No other sport other than cricket is like that. The first action of every other sport is me trying to score a goal or me trying to advance a ball. Or whatever.
1: The only, that, the only pushback from a hitter, too, is you, you want me to hurry up and get out. Hitting hard enough as it is sometimes it takes a little time for you to think your way through it.
0: Uh, Ray from Aurora. Hey, Jeff, I agree with you. Charlie is a nice guy, and so are you. Oh, thank you, Ray.
1: Oh, how nice.
0: But is Line. the best lineup being fielded today? Has Charlie ever stood up for his players in the heat of the battle? Does the selection of hitting coach and other coaches, are they the best for the young team? First of all, the manager does not select the hitting coach and the pitching coach. Nope. So we'll leave that aside. Uh, that is done by the front office, and I would suggest that based on <laughs> this team's pitching performance, oh. uh, performance, I would think they've done okay with with the uh, with, with the pitching coach um, standing up for his players. We don't know. Uh, we're we're not at the ballpark. Uh, what does standing up mean? F- pitch a fit and get ejected from a game. I think he's done that a couple of times. Uh, it doesn't uh, work anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know, st- to me, sticking up for your players is having confidence in your guys and putting them in the lineup when they're scuffling. That's how you stick up for them. Go to the right game.
1: pitcher in the sixth inning. Ra- no.
0: Exactly. exactly. There you go. Uh, is the best lineup being fielded today? Day game after night game? There's nothing in here that surprises me. Maybe, maybe a little surprise Corey Dickerson's not in center. I don't know. I would like Randall Gritchick in center because I think he's a better defensive Defensive outfielder. He's 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 better than Dyson. He's better than Dickerson. Maybe he runs into one from Patino. The catcher. I have no problem with that. Uh, you're not going to start Alejandro Kirk's caught two days in a row, day game after night game. No, nah, I got no problem with that at all. Uh, in terms of third base, your hands are tied with Bravek Valera going in the COVID IL. So I I don't see I don't see any other issue with the lineup. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, Gareth in Bowmanville wants to know a little more about Charlie, uh, about Jordan Romano. Kevin, we had a couple of people ask whether or not uh, we noticed anything with Romano's arm slot. You talked a little bit about his velocity. Did you see? And 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 the subtext of uh, Gareth questions, and there's a couple of other questions. The subtext could, seems to be, could Jordan Romano? Could yesterday have been a sign that he's perhaps a little fatigued right now?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. He came out, he was throwing 100 miles an hour. His, didn't last though. These guys that are fatigued throw 100 miles an hour. It was 98 so. his first batter, right it, I didn't it. see too many 98s after that, were there? I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I, look, he threw, he threw a, a lot of high pressure pitches in that inning. That may have had something to do with it. He does have a lot of crossfire action. If, if that's what the Texter's talking about, about the arm slot. It would be very hard for him to repeat delivery over and over again. He's not delivery sound on the mound. It is he's a more of a power guy, muscle through it. He's not a everything has to be in line. I have to have a good finish. Uh-uh. That's why you see him grunting, and falling off to one side of the mound. It, all of those things aren't going to come into play. It's I got a good heater. I can throw it hard. I'm muscling everything I got towards what I think is a good target. I aim big. I'm not trying to you know get it inside black. Away, up and away, no, nah, it's it's going to go up there because it's got a lot of power to it. And just For me, it was one of those innings that that's the first time in a while that I've seen him use his slider too much. I just don't like that. I, I used to try and hit velocity, and hitting high velocity consistently is almost impossible to do that a lot of the times. And you only got so many good swings per at-bat. You get a guy out there that, that's doing you a favor by flipping something early in the count to give you a chance to speed your barrel up and maybe you can barrel up some balls that you normally couldn't on 98, 99, 100. You're doing him a favor. For, for me yesterday, it was a little bit more of pitch selection than it was the velocity not being as, as much as it was in, in past outings. That's just me. Let's
0: give you a little bit of a reset in terms of the standings just so we all know where we are here. The uh, entering today's game, the Jays are in the second wild card. They're a game and a half back of the Boston Red Sox. The Sox have won six in a row. They play the Mets today. The Jays are half a game ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees play Texas. They got that series. Uh, The Yankees have got a bit of a bear of a schedule coming up here. Oakland, they are three back. They've lost two in a row. Seattle's won three in a row. They're tied with Oakland, three back. Those two teams have another game against each other. And that's kind of gone. I mean, that's kind of gone. It's kind of gone okay for the Blue Jays. I mean, the team that was closest to them has lost two in a row. The team that was a little bit back has won three in a row. What you'd really like to make to happen here is you'd like Oakland to win the next game. Uh, But anyhow, it doesn't matter. The Jays are... are, are,
1: Or or the Red Sox sweep the Yankees. Or the Red Sox
0: sweep the Yankees. Yeah. And uh, the Yankees have won two in a row, but... Boy, there's there's uh, there's a lot of concern, Ke- Kevin. The Yankees' run differential is only plus thirty, um, and they are only forty-two and forty against teams that are 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 five hundred or better, which is kind of
1: yeah. Well, it's, remember it's, it's, where it,
0: we were earlier in the year.
1: Accumulation for me of a lot of things. Not a very good defensive team. They don't run the bases very well. Offensively, they're hit a hit or miss. Uh, rotation wise, you got one guy. You know, Jordan Montgomery sort of taking the bull by the horn. He's been really good. But, you know, Garrett Cole's even a, a little up and down. Yeah. So it's I – mean, I don't want to say take miracle because they're right in it. they're only half a game out. But they have to have some guys, like four or five guys in their order, get hot the next at least nine or ten games. Can they do that?
0: Yeah. To me, they they look a little they, – they just look a little worn down. So that's where we are. Uh, a win today by the Jays would, I think, assure – the, well, if the Yankees lose, a win today by the Jays would, would ensure that they're uh, that they're uh, in that that second wild card, that second wild card spot. And as we mentioned, the Jays have got a big series against the Yankees coming up, and uh, they go into Minnesota tomorrow for four games. Kind of a funny story: uh, Rockabelde, the uh, the uh, manager of the Twins, apparently called up Kevin Cash and said, "What the hell is going on with you and Charlie?" Mm. And said, "By the way, if you got that that card, give it to me.
1: Fax it over here. Fax it play. over."
0: Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't know, all, all the there there's kind of this WhatsApp group involving all the folks who were with the Rays. Montoya's part of it. Cash is part sure. of it. Baldelli's part of it. They, I mean, they've been they've been screwing around with each other for the past the past three years, uh, going back to when they were with the Rays. Bloom's on it as well. So that, I think they're all they're having a little bit of fun with this. But uh, that's where we are. Kevin Barker, Luis Patino. what are the Jays going to see from him?
1: He's like most young guys, toes hard with slider. I've I've said this. yeah, Right right around the Oakland series of where lay off the pitcher's pitch, swing at your pitch. For the most part, the Jays lineup as a whole have been doing that. It's booked in, too. You get George Springer at the front. Now he's going to have to start doing something sooner or later for them to go where they ultimately want to go. But him and Lourdes. They're sort of the bookends to everybody in the middle of that. Everybody in the middle of that's been doing doing their thing. If Loris can continue to swing at his pitch and just give him a, a, himself a chance with that, n- no more toe tap that he does, and who knows what's going on with George? Yeah, he's in between a little bit. Timing's off. Could be fastballs away. Could be he's trying too hard.
0: See, I think well, I think George Springer once George Springer gets out in the field, and we think he's going to be in center field against Minnesota, I think, I think that's better. I
1: think he's thinking about it too much. That could be it too. You, sometimes you you you're expected to do something. You're not. What do you do? You go over there and you think about it all the time. I'm not doing this. I know he's making a ton of money, but it's, right now it's not about that for him. It's about helping his team get where they want to go. And right now he's not doing that. Maybe him going out there diving after a baseball in center field would help him. Well, you know, uh, ain't gonna I, hurt him. I don't think.
0: I, I will say this. I thought. Uh, I thought is that. The results weren't there. I thought his at-bats looked a little more comfortable last night. I don't know what you saw. I I don't see as much glancing down at his knee after a swing now that we were seeing a little earlier. I don't see as much wincing. Again, I know we're just trying to read into body language here, but I I, I get the sense that he's more worried right now about getting his timing back than his knee. There you go.
1: That's 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 probably the best way to put it. For me, when you see him get a pitch that he should hammer and he starts hammering those most of the time, That's when you know he's feeling frisky and everything's going the way it's supposed to go. But right now, when he gets a pitch, he's either swinging through it or fouling it off for for whatever reason. And maybe just putting him in center. He can run around out there. He can yell and scream at fans. He can yell at uh, Teoscar in right field. He can talk to Lourdes in left field, take his mind off of what he's not doing at the plate. Maybe that'll help him. All right, so here's what we are going
0: to do here. We will have Blue Jays baseball and Sportsnet 590 The Fan in a few minutes. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game. The Jays and Rays, they are uh, meeting each other in the rubber match of this three-game series. Luis Patino on the mound for the Rays. Julian Merriweather gets a start as the opener for the Jays. Uh, We expect Ross Stripling to pitch the bulk of those innings. Once the Jays game is done... Keep it on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Mr. Barker and myself, will be back for Blue Jays talk. We'll carry you right through to 7 o'clock. We will take your calls. We will take your texts. Ben Wagner will join us. We'll get some post-game clips. Maybe. No, we're not even going to talk about that stolen card anymore. We're not even going to do it. That's all past. You've been listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash, on the Sportsnet radio network.